bow your heads with me for a word of prayer? Gracious Heavenly Father, we're so grateful to be in your midst here tonight and Lord, to be in your presence. Lord, we thank you for the ability that we have, Lord, to enter in and to receive from the things of God. Lord, not everyone has that built into their life, but you chose us before the foundation of the world, and we're grateful for that today. Lord, I pray pray that you would bless the hearer today and the speaker. Lord, that everything that would be said and everything that would be done would be according to your will. Lord, forgive me and take everything out, Lord, of my life that would be unlike you. Lord, may you speak directly to your people tonight. May I just be a conduit, Lord, of of your word and nothing else. Lord, for I know your word makes the difference in our lives. I pray you grant that tonight. Heal every sick person tonight. Those that are watching, I pray you bless them, Lord. Those that couldn't be here, I pray you'd move, Lord, for the ones that are sick. I think of Sister Sarah. Lord, that fell today, I pray that you'd bless her abundantly this evening, Lord, and give her a healing touch tonight, and Lord, for different ones, Sister Jean that was sick in Sunday service, I pray, God, that you'd move on her behalf as well. Lord, we believe that you're a healer and that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. I pray you'd move in these situations, Lord, and I pray you'd take over this service, asking your precious name. Love the Lord this this evening. Amen. I trust that you do. Amen. Let's turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13. Uh, if you could turn up, uh, turn these monitors on because I'm not getting anything out of this. I'm actually pretty loud out there. So uh, amen. Y'all just bear with us tonight. Every time you have a different speaker in, it seems like the the uh, all the uh, equipment's messed up. So we'll blame that on Brother Andrew. Turn me down out here and up, up here. So, thankful for my children that helped me out with those things. First Thessalonians two thirteen. I did want to tell you that the fellowship hall won't be available on Sunday. I did my best for them to be able to get that done, but it's just not going to be dry by Sunday. Uh, you're welcome to go over and look and see what they're doing. They're they're stripping the um, the the old paint and stuff off the floor. We're going to have a new floor over there by Sunday, but it just won't be cured yet. So the fellowship hall won't be available on Sunday, uh, but we'll find a way to get everybody. If you want to stay for the second service, because we're having communion in the second service, we're welcome to stay here at the church, or we'll maybe go out and eat, or take somebody back to the house, or whatever we need to do to to be hospitable. I know several of you stay, so we'll work that out between now and Sunday. Um, Also, um, uh, you'll have to we'll have to remember uh, not to let the kids and stuff in there right away we'll need to put all our stuff back in there and they get in there playing and scuffing up our new floor i won't be very happy so i don't think they'll be able to do anything to it but if it's not cured yet amen do you love the lord tonight amen, amen. sister sarah fell today i don't know if we got that in the prayer request but be praying for her brother david and them are watching at home because they're watching her and, and making sure that she's okay she had to go to the hospital but she is home Amen. First Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13. Uh, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that belief. What a powerful scripture. 
Amen. I pray the Lord would add his blessing to the word this evening. You may be seated. We know the Bible is the word of God. I think we can all agree on that tonight. The Bible is the word of God. In Paul's day, the Bible was the Old Testament. I want to title this tonight, uh, What is the Message to Us? What is the Message to Us? And I want to key off some things that Brother Andrew actually said on a Sunday morning. I don't often do this, but Brother Andrew had mentioned some things, and, and it's, a, it's a marvelous subject about how that we have to be able to receive the Word of God. And if we receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, we get a prophet's reward. And so how we receive the message and what we perceive it to be actually uh, identifies or, or uh, says what it will actually happen in that. And so if you look back at that scripture we read again in 1 Thessalonians 2.13, it says that you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God. Even though there were men standing up there, good to see you tonight, Brother Adam. There were men, good to see Brother Lonnie back there as well this, this evening. You all pray for me tonight as we try to get through this. Uh, there were men standing there speaking to them. Paul was a man, and, and Silas was a man, and these men that, that traveled to them were men. But he said, when we came to you, you didn't receive it as from men. You received it as the word of God. Right? And because you received it as the word of God, as it is in truth the word of God, it effectually worketh also in you that believe. So if you don't receive it as the word of God, then you can't actually benefit from the effect of it like you would if you received it as the word of God. And so well, what is this message to us? It's the word of God in that sense. And I want to get into later, maybe not tonight, just exactly what the message is and, and what the absolute is and, and what that means to us. But now as we look at this, uh, Paul and those came to Thessalonica and they received this word. And so he says, uh, without ceasing, we, when you receive the word of God, which you heard of us, it actually, the gospel is called the word of hearing because it came by hearing. And you could say it this way, that, that could be translated this way, when you received the word of the message. That's actually, in the revised version, it's how it's translated. When you receive the word of the message, amen, when you receive the word by us, you didn't receive it as the word of men. When you receive the word of the message. Now, what, again, what they received. Now, I want you to notice what they received. It was not just Old Testament scriptures because Paul could have went there and preached to them Old Testament scriptures and preached it over and over and over again and hammered it into them. But without his commentary, if we could say that that way, without Paul bringing light by his words that he was speaking to those scriptures, they would still place them in the wrong day, in the wrong hour. But Paul comes and brings the Old Testament scriptures and brings them in front of them and says, this day this scripture is fulfilled. Here's what, here's what the, uh, the type was and here's what the shadow was and here's the fulfillment of that. And so it's more than just, uh, uh, just repeating the scripture, but it was Paul that actually brought it out. And it was Paul's message of grace to the Gentiles, which was a mystery to the Jews, was a mystery to the Gentiles because they didn't even know there was a, a God, Jehovah. They, they worshiped many gods, but it was a mystery to them. But now it was revealed through the Apostle Paul's ministry. 
Now watch this. I'm going to stick close to the scriptures for a while. And we're going to see that this day is not that different. Now, in Romans 2.16, Paul calls this, he, he calls it his gospel. He says, in the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. My gospel. Now, if you go in and look up in the original, that's literally uh, my message. The good news, the message. So he said, according to my message, this is what you received. God shall judge the secrets of men according to my message. Now, in, again, in Romans 16, 25, he says, Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel, or again, my message, and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery. Notice, he says, not just according to the Old Testament scriptures, but according to my message or the light that is shown on the Old Testament scriptures that's opened it up. Because the New Testament, if we could put it that way, was the opening up of the Old Testament book. Brother Branham taught us that the opening of the word at the end time was not the opening of the Old Testament, but the opening of the New Testament. Right. Now, he sa- now he- so he says, this is according to the revelation of the mystery, he said, which was kept secret since the world began. And, and then he says, but now is made manifest, and by the scriptures of the prophets, now let's see what he's doing, he's taking the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. So by the preaching of the word, through the apostle Paul's ministry, a very unique ministry, being the messenger to that first age, if they received him as such... If they received it as the word of God, then their lives would be impacted by that and they would be changed by that and they would would benefit from that message. Can you imagine someone that was so wrapped up in the law and Judaism trying to live every word, trying to do that, and here come a Christian that had been freed by the message of grace and they come along and and uh, the person that was wrapped up in Judaism, they said, well, uh, you, you don't even have anything, but the person that had heard the message of the hour, they had something that the that Jew could never attain to. Why? Because they had grace in their life. So it's the message. Listen, the message is the important thing. And I want you to hear me on this tonight because there will be many people who carry the message who will not make it. Many people who will carry the message. Many people who will say they believe it, identify with it, bring a shame on it. There will be many, there have been many, but don't get your eyes on those people. But look at the message. What what was the message? Is the message right? Have you received it as the word of God? Does that make sense? And we'll get into more into this and again, like how we should perceive this, because again, some people's idea of what the message is may be wrong, but we believe the message is the word of God. Now The scripture was the word of God, but Paul's message was the word of God for that specific age. And and again, we're talking about not just the letters that we have, but in that day he would have preached. He preached one time all night. I'd like to have had all those words, but we don't have them all. They're not what inspired scripture because for for whatever reason they weren't allowed to be written down. We don't have them as inspired scripture, but they were the message of the age. Right? They were a part of the message of the age, but they didn't make it into the inspired scripture. But it was still a prophet saying it. It was still a messenger that said it. 
And people will tell you, well, you can't believe anything before 1963. And, and, and I, I realized, and we'll talk more about that maybe in a future service, but I realized the message matured, and Brother Branham himself had to learn many things, and God taught him those things, and there's a maturity to that. But he was still a prophet when he said it at the beginning. If you don't think he was a prophet, go listen to the deity of Jesus Christ in 1948 and see if a prophet said something. Right. He, he, was, he was years ahead of his time. He had more revelation than a lot of people do today. That uh, I should say a lot of us do. I, I, I'm a message person, but he had more revelation than a lot of preachers today in 1948. Now, uh, now they're open to us. Now, this was open to, to them by the words of a prophet. And I want to tell you today that the seventh angel in this hour, which we believe was fulfilled in William Branham's ministry, would not bring a New Testament. Now, that's what Paul did. He brought a New Testament. But the Old Testament was open the New Testament, and now the New Testament is opened under the opening of the Word, which would not be a new revelation, but it would be a tying up of all the loose ends and would open our eyes to the one we already have. So it opens up the mysteries of the New Testament, the things that were left there, that were seven seals on the New Testament book of redemption, and they're opened to us by the words of a prophet. What's the opening of, a, of the Word? The words of a prophet. Think about it. Now, and so that, that, that matters. Right? The words of a prophet matters. I think I can even say that to these children up here taking notes. Remember that. The words of a prophet matters. But don't let somebody tell you they're a prophet if they're not. Because you're going to listen to somebody that says they're a prophet. Or somebody, somebody tells you is a prophet. If somebody tells you, well, that man's a prophet, you, you, you would give respect to him because you know what a prophet is. But don't listen to him if you don't stay with the word. Right? Because this prophet was identified in the scripture to be the prophet of Malachi 4, to be the prophet of Revelation 10, 7, to be the prophet of Luke 17, 30. That prophet was identified to us. And I know many times as I get into this tonight, and I know I'm kind of, randomly scattering thoughts here but we'll hopefully bring them together in a moment but as we get into this i know many people uh, will wonder why, why do you read quotes and that's the kind of the part of this i want to look at tonight why do you read quotes well it's the words of a prophet and it's not scripture but it is the words of a prophet that identify what the scripture is and in many cases without the words of a prophet we wouldn't even know what the scripture says yes. Or what it means, especially when it comes to our day. And so I, I've about got to the point, because many times you kind of feel embarrassed. And I know there's a, a teaching around the message right now that says that you're better off if you don't quote it. Or if you do quote it, not to identify it as Brother Branham's words, but kind of skim over it and put it in your own language. And that's fine. And I believe you could preach a good sermon, never, never use a quote. I believe you could. You could preach from the scripture and say Jesus rose from the dead. I believe if you were in the jail somewhere and preaching like, like Peter or Paul or whatever and you were, you were there and you had no chance to prepare, you could preach a sermon just based off the things that you know. But if you do have time to prepare, it would be good to use the words of a prophet. Right? That would be a good thing to do, I would think. But again, there's this idea that, well, somehow you're more inspired if you don't use the words of a prophet. And I don't see how that is. And I, I'm going I'm to come across that tonight. Now, and you just hang with me. Because I told Joel to pray for me because I was a little too stirred up. And, and not at you and not mad at you or any of you or anything like that or, or anything. And I think, again, 
uh, Brother Andrew kind of opened up a little part of this on Sunday that I never looked at it that way before. And I'm, I'm glad we can all grow in the grace of God, aren't you? Yeah. Amen. And so we're just going to kind of fall into that, uh, that, that vein, kind of plow or, or disc a little bit where he plowed on Sunday, on Sunday morning. Now, uh, the, Bible, the Bible says that uh, faith comes by hearing. Romans 10, 17, and hearing by the word of God or hearing the word of God. Verse 18 says, but I say, have they not heard? Now watch, faith comes by hearing, and, but have they not heard? Yes, verily, their sound went into all the earth, their words unto the ends of the world. And so the question then immediately becomes, why did they not benefit from it? The answer in Hebrews 4, 2, for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Now watch, the words of a prophet are here are there. And I can put them on the screen, I can preach them to you, you can listen to the tapes, but unless you receive it with faith, it's not going to do anything for you. Right? And that's where, you know, maybe you would be better off hearing a simple message if it becomes a, a head knowledge. You'd say, well, Brother Branham said, Brother Branham said, but is it coming in here? Is there a receiver there that, that can receive that? Yeah. Now, again, why they didn't benefit from it because it wasn't mixed with faith. Now, you can't understand the scripture without revelation. We know that. You also can't understand the message of the hour without revelation. Yeah. Right. But it's a revelation that fits within you know, revelation, once it's a revelation, it's not a mystery anymore. Right? It's unveiling. It fits within what's already unveiled. Right? If you were to pull, uh, it's literally, the word revelation, uh, uh, apocalypsis, I think is the word. You, you take a statue in the Greek, and a Greek statue, and the, the sculptor would gather people around, and he'd pull the, the cloak off of it. That's the revelation. Right? He pulled the cloak off. Well, if he pulled it partway up, and you saw, it looked like what was a man, right? And, and, and then you say, oh, it's, it's a man. And then he pulls the rest of the a part of the way up again and, oh, no, that's not a man, that's an animal. Well, it, it don't fit, right? It don't fit. You expect once you start to see the sculpture of David that Michelangelo did, you expect to see something. Once you pull it up a little way, you expect to see something that fits. Right, So if you have revelation that doesn't fit with the rest of the sculpture, you probably don't have revelation. You probably have been deceived. Right, So revelation fits with the rest of Scripture, yet we must receive by revelation. Now, the message we've heard is not another Bible. It's the opening of the Bible we already had. Now, let's look at this because how does revelation come? How do we receive from God? What's God's method? Well, Paul said it was by the foolishness of preaching. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 21. For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Aren't you glad to be somebody that believes tonight? But it pleased God. I don't know why he did it that way. It just pleased him. There's something about the preaching of the word that pleases God. Because he could have written it in the trees, he could have written it, and he did write it in the skies, in the zodiac, but when he wanted to, us to receive the revelation, when he, when he come in Noah's day, he, he did not send a book down, although there is revelation in the written word, but he sent Noah, a preacher of righteousness, right, to preach to the people and tell them, there's a flood coming. 
And we could go down through the times of, through the ages, we could find every time God always brought a preacher to preach. Even the prophets were preachers, always. No prophet of the scripture was not a preacher. Challenge you to find me a prophet that was, that was not a preacher. They were not. They, they were always preachers. They always were foretellers. In fact, Brother Reynolds said a New Testament prophet is a preacher. Right? Now, Brother Branham says, you see, the scripture is inspiration. You'll never be able to know the scripture just by sitting down and reading it from a theological standpoint, from an educational standpoint. It never has worked. He said, I was speaking with a Baptist minister not long ago until we learned the correct Greek, until we, the Nicene Council before that, they were arguing about the Greek words in the Bible. You'll never know it. He said, but the Bible is, he said, the Bible is to be revealed by inspiration. That's the only thing, the revelation Jesus told Peter upon this rock, this rock of revelation reveals who he is. Yeah. Blessed art thou, Simon Peter, son of Jonas, flesh and blood is not revealed to you, but my Father which is in heaven has revealed this to you upon this rock. I'll build my church, not upon Peter, not upon himself, but upon the spiritual revelation of who he was. Yeah. Amen. Then why did he build the message of the hour? And the message of the hour is Christ. Do we believe that? It must be built on revelation yeah. of who he is. The spiritual revelation of who he was. And he is the word. St. John 1 in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. The word was God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, what we have recorded today, and I thank God for it, is a prophet's words. And we're going to look at this. Uh, we're going to look at this because they didn't have the benefit of, of hearing Paul once Paul had passed away. They didn't have that benefit of actually hearing it. But they did, those that were faithfully taught, stay with his message by preaching it. Right? And he, they did have it written and saved his letters. It was written down, what his message was. And that's so that they would know what the message of the hour was. Now, it was not by understood, though, by revelation, or it was not understood by theology, but by revelation. Now... When we ask the question, well, should we use Brother Branham's quotes when we preach? Why don't we just preach from the Scripture? We could. As I said, it would be perfectly valid for me to stand up here and preach a sermon from the Scripture. And I've done it before. It would be perfectly valid for me to do that. But why do I use quotes? I've, had to, I've examined myself in this area. Why do I use quotes? Well, because I'm a carrier of the message, not the messenger. Right? My words alone don't shed light on the scripture only as they are under the message of the hour, under the light of the hour. Right? And I can take it and paraphrase it and put it in my own words. I choose not to do that because many times I find that when I paraphrase it, I mess it up. And, and so I try to put it where you can see it. But why do we do that? And let's just think about that for a minute. Why, you know, the, the Baptist church, they may use a quote of this man and a quote of that man and a quote of that man. They may get their whole sermon off the Internet somewhere. But, but some of them are real good preachers, and they'll take and study a sermon and just preach from the Scriptures. And they would look at us as some kind of cult for using the words of a prophet. But it's exactly what they did with Paul's words. Look at, uh, in that early church, look at 1 Corinthians 4, 17. Now, Paul had identified Timothy. You've heard of Timothy in the scripture, First and Second Timothy, with the letters that Paul wrote to Timothy. And he identifies Timothy as someone who is faithful and someone who would, uh, 
who would remember his words and bring them into remembrance of his words and his ways. In 1 Corinthians 4, 17, he said, For this cause have I sent unto you Timotheus, who is my beloved son and faithful in the Lord, who shall bring you into remembrance of my ways, which be in Christ as I teach everywhere in every church. I want you to notice that when Paul sent a letter, he also sent a man. Every time. That's what he did. He sent a letter and he sent a man carrying the letter. You look at the scripture. He always sent a man with a letter. Now, he says if in 1 Corinthians 16 and 10, speaking of Timothy again, if Timotheus come, see that he may be with you without fear. In other words, don't, don't intimidate him because he's not Paul. <laughs> All that we as preachers could preach without fear. Right? He said, don't, don't, don't. Look down on him. Let him be with you without fear. Don't, don't be afraid. To, oh, he's going to take us off. He's going to take us off the message. He's not Paul. No, he says he, he, he's somebody who will who'll preach my message. Yeah. He said he worketh the work of the Lord as I also do. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That ought to give us preachers courage tonight. Amen. Philippians 2 and 19, he says, But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send... Uh, Timotheus, shortly unto you that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. So he's saying that uh, I'm going to send Timothy. I'm going to I'm going to send him there, and I'm going to make sure that uh, that I know uh, or that I know what you're doing, how you're doing. I'm going to make sure that I know that, and by how I'm going to make sure is I'm going to send Timothy so that I'll be sure how that you're doing. Now, and again in uh, Philippians. Uh, or verse 20 he says for I have no man like minded what a tragedy he said I've got no one there with you that thinks like I do who will naturally care for your state for all seek their own not the things which are Jesus Christ but you know the proof of him that as a son with the father he has served with me in the gospel and so they knew that he had been close to uh, to Paul and so they had confidence that he'd be able to carry the message First Thessalonians 3 and 1 Wherefore, when you could, we could no longer forbear, we thought of it good to be left at Athens alone and sent Timotheus, our brother and minister of God, our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ, to establish you and to comfort you concerning your faith, that no man should be moved by these afflictions, for yourselves know that we are appointed thereunto. And notice what he's saying. You're under persecution, and I'm under persecution. And people are saying, Paul's washed up. He's not what he used to be. He said, so I sent Timothy to tell him the message of the hour is still true. Yeah, true. Amen. Now, why did Paul have so much trust in Timothy? Let's look at 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 2. I'm just going to pull some scriptures now out of First and Second Timothy. He says, Unto Timothy, my own son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. As I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach. Now watch. No other doctrine. What was he talking about? His message. Right? They could take the Old Testament scriptures, but they couldn't take Paul's message. They couldn't handle that. And so they tried to teach, bring them back into Judaism. He said, charge them that they teach no other doctrine. Yeah. Verse 4, neither give heed to fables, stories that aren't true. Yeah. Don't listen to them. Yeah. And endless genealogies. What's that? Trying to connect the dots. Yeah. 
Right? You've heard it. This happened here, and this person was born of this person, and this one happened here. Trying to connect the genealogies, make it all fit. You're going to get in trouble doing that. We weren't called to connect, make genealogies. We were called to preach the word. Preach the gospel that we know is true. Amen. And, and he said, which minister questions. So when you preach those things, you leave and you're just, you have more questions than you did when you started. <laughs> preach something certain, he said. Preach something so that the people can grab a hold of it. If all you've got to preach is that Jesus Christ saves you from sin, then that's something you can grab a hold of. A drowning man can grab a hold of it like a life raft and be saved. If all you can preach is Jesus is a healer, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, then grab a hold of that, preach that, and the people can, can listen to that and be saved from their diseases. Don't give heed to fables. Don't minister questions. Rather than godly edifying, which is in faith, so do. We should not minister questions. First, that has saved a whole lot of people a lot of trouble, especially these that have left the message. Why? They ministered questions to the people. And eventually they didn't even believe it. <laughs> so there's an approach to our preaching. We should not minister questions by our preaching. If we're not sure of something, we shouldn't come out and preach it. Right? And I know Brother Branham uh, at times would, would, when he was moving into the opening of the word, he would presume and he would move into something maybe earlier, but God proved later that it was true. And, and many things that he would come into and maybe he'd preach, he'd preach a certain way and then he changed. But we don't minister questions. We minister because now we have the opening of the word. There's no reason to minister questions. There's no reason to go back and pit one quote against another. Right? There's no reason to do that. Now, we, sh we should not do that. Now, 1 Timothy 4, 6, he's giving him instructions. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things. Go look at those things that he was talking about he was talking about how to conduct yourself how to how to be a minister how to how to conduct yourself in the church how how a woman and a man should conduct themselves all those things that paul talked about that was part of the message yeah. it's still part of the message right. right if thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things thou shalt be a good minister of jesus christ he didn't say thou shalt be a good minister of paul but thou shalt be a good minister of jesus christ i love that if you put the brethren in remembrance of what I've told you of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ. I want to be a good minister. He said, nourish up in the words of faith. Nourish, built up, not tearing down constantly, suspiciously trying to take away people's faith in the message, trying to take away people's faith in the Bible, trying to move people to a place where there, there's, nothing, there's nothing that's uh, foundation that's stable but themselves. That's what false prophets do. Right? Tear everything down but themselves. So, but no, he said, Timothy, put them in remembrance. Nourish them up in the words of faith and of good doctrine whereunto thou hast attained. Yes. Put, them in, put them, nourish up in the words. What The words. We could say it like this. We call it quotes. Yeah. Right? Nourish up in the words of the message. Right? Quote scriptures, the things that are true. Right? And... and now, look, I'm taking way too long on this, but you just bear with me tonight, and we'll close when it's time to close, the Lord willing. But we don't know what that time is, but. I do, I do have empathy for you. I know what it's like to sit through a long sermon. It's very close to a hostage situation, actually. Not much you can do about it. 
They just keep going. He said, but refuse profane and old, what we would call secular, and old wives' fables. Right? Exercise thyself rather unto godliness. Don't, don't listen to all those things that, uh, just uh, those rumors that are going out here. Don't preach those. Preach the word. Right? Now, he says these things, uh, 1 Timothy 4.11, and I, again, I'm going through the book of 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy. These things command and teach. Verse 16, take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. So there's two things as a minister. He said, take heed to yourself. And take heed to the doctrine. And I know several of you have got about as much experience as I do in ministry. And I appreciate our ministers being mature in this. But Brother Joel's just starting out, so I'll pick on him. You've got to take care of yourself and the doctrine. Right? Take care of yourself. Take heed unto thyself. Watch how you act. And watch the doctrine. Right? Continue in them. Continue. If I could say it that way. I know it sounds bad, but that's what he's saying. Right, continue in my words. These things that you've heard, stay in the quotes. Right, stay in the message. Right, not for the purpose of pitting one against another or for stirring up some controversy, but for the purpose of preaching the word. Hallelujah. Amen. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Oh, I love that. 1 Timothy 6, 3, if any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, notice, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness. So the words of our Lord Jesus Christ and to the doctrine which is according to godliness. What doctrine were they preaching? Paul's doctrine. That's right. They were preaching Paul's message. But it really wasn't Paul's message. And we'll show that in a moment. It was the message of the Lord Jesus Christ. But Paul said it's my gospel, my message, because he was the one that God chose to reveal it through. Amen. Unless he had come, they wouldn't have known it. But because he came, they could say the things that he said. And when they said it, it set people free. Amen. Now look, 1 Timothy 6, 3, 1 Timothy 6, 4, he is proud. Now look, he said, if any man teach otherwise, he's proud, knowing nothing. He thinks he knows too much to stay with the message, but he actually knows nothing. But doting about questions and strifes of words. Yeah. Right? You watch that. Somebody just, somebody just constantly got a word like, I hate to call one certain thing out, but there's, there's all kinds of things, but perusia. Or, or return ministry, strifes of words. Cabbaging down on one thing yeah. huh, instead of preaching the whole gospel. Right. He said, Whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, evil surmisings. That's what comes out of that every time. Yeah. Sure. Right? Perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds. Oh, Paul had a way of putting it, didn't he? Yeah. Destitute of the truth. Yeah. Supposing that gain is godliness. That's the world we live in today. From such withdraw thyself. So don't, don't company with them. Don't be identified with them because they don't preach the message. They preach, they, they argue about words. Strifes of words. 1 Timothy 6.20, O Timothy. Uh, Paul is, is begging him at this point. So that word O oh, in, in the scripture, in the Greek, it's, it's a strong call. O Timothy, 
keep that which is committed to thy trust. You've been entrusted with something. My generation was entrusted with something by the previous generation, Brother Danny. Your parents found out about a message and passed it on to you. And you passed it on to your children. And I'm, uh, don't make, not to make Brother Danny old, but I'm the age of Brother Danny's children or maybe younger. And my generation had a trust to keep. I'm a third generation message believer. My grandparents found out about it. They may not have, they didn't do everything right, but at least we knew about the message. Right? And then my parents knew about it. And they may not have carried it just exactly correctly, my, my father, but, but he knew about it. And, and, and Brother Lonnie probably remembers those days. And, and I remember going to Brother Brown's. Brother Brown's generation knew about it. Yeah. Uh, they stood there. And Brother LaFontaine that was here that's passed on now, they stood for the message of the hour in their generation. But now it's been committed to our trust. What are we going to do with it? Does it mean anything anymore? Is there any value to it? Are we going to hold on to it? Or are we just going to make a, a show out of it and, and move on and, and become more and more like the world? Or are we going to hold on to it and say, I can't go against the message. I will not preach what the message doesn't say. I will not stand for what the message doesn't stand for. I'm not going to take a man's ideas. I believe the message of the hour. Keep what's committed to your trust. Oh, my. That's important. We think about all the people. I thought, as I said that, Brother Joe, I about called you Brother Joseph since that's what you got called all weekend. Brother Joe, I, your father kept it. He kept it in his day. And we got, and in some sense, we have more light in the sense that we should be farther down the road, right, right than they were. But they kept in their generation. What about us? It was committed to their trust, and they kept the doors open. Yeah. It was committed to their trust, and they still preached the gospel. Yeah. What are we going to do? Yeah. We're going to let it go now? We're going to stop preaching now? He said, avoiding profane and vain babblings and oppositions of science. Huh? Falsely so-called, yeah. right? And so what's he going for? He's saying that the oppositions that they say are oppositions are not really oppositions. I'll tell you a good example of that, the cloud. Right? Say, well, it was just a rocket. Oppositions of science falsely so-called. Right? Because whose shape was it in? Right? If a rocket made it, they ought to, you know, they ought to pat themselves on the back. That's right. But JT's preaching with me tonight. <laughs> Look, oppositions of science, false so called, which some professing have erred concerning the faith. We've seen that, haven't we? Yeah. Hey, man. Second Timothy, Paul exhorts Timothy to be courageous in his ministry. And he says this in Second Timothy 1.13, hold fast. Hold fast. Grip tightly the form. Now watch, the form. And I looked at that word form, Brother Joel, and that, that form actually is the outline if you go and look at it in the original, it's make your notes from my words. Yeah. <laughs> and tell me I can't preach from quotes. Huh? Hold fast the form of sound words. So in other words, don't take them out of context. 
Right? Don't, don't just use one here and one there and take it out of context. Preach the whole thing. Hold the form. Hold fast the form of sound words. The outline of it. Which thou hast heard of me. Which thou hast heard of me. My words, he's saying. My gospel, my message. The light that I shone on, on the gospel. He said, in faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. Again, it could be translated, use notes from my words. 2 Timothy 2 and 1, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Verse 2, And the things that thou hast heard of me. Listen, the things, and I've preached from this before, but you just hang with me. The things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses. Paul said, Don't preach something that I told you privately. Preach what I preached. Yeah. Sure. Huh? Right? Getting, sounds familiar, doesn't it? Preach what I preach. The things you heard of me among many witnesses. And it doesn't mean things you heard about Paul, but heard of me means heard me speak. Right? The things you heard me speak among many witnesses, the same, com the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Verse 14, of these things, 2 Timothy 2, 14, of these things, put them in remembrance of these things. Again, he talked about all these different things about family life, about the way the world was, and all these things. He said, of these things, put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord, that they strive not about words to no profit, but to the subverting of the hearers. Verse 15, study to show thyself approved. Yes. Study, work. What are you going to work in? It is work. You're going to be a preacher, you're going to have to work. The, these brothers that preach and have a job, I know I did it for years. They have two jobs. Right? Because you have a, a, an obligation to work at your ministry. An obligation. And you may not have as much time as someone who studies full time, but he giveth more grace. Isn't that, isn't that wonderful? Study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not be ashamed. Right. You won't be embarrassed because you don't know. Right? Study it. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Apportioning it to its correct time and place. Because not everything, he's saying, Paul, or Timothy, the things that I've said and the things that the Scripture says, not everything applies in every time at every place. You've got to apportion it. That's why God called ministers to do that. Because there's something that you need to hear on Sunday morning. How is God going to get that to you? There's a message for you. You see, there's a message that we believe in. You believe that tonight? There's a message, and there's a message for you tonight. How is the Holy Spirit going to get that message to you? He it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to get to you the message amen, of the hour, of this hour. Could I say it that way? Maybe you're going through something in your marriage. Maybe you're going through something at home. Maybe you've got spirits working on you. you you're wondering about things. There's, there's, there's questions in your mind. And all of a sudden, the preacher comes out and begins to lay it down. And you begin to, begin to be edified by it, begin to put it together, begin to see something's going on. What is that? It's God working, God doing what he promised he would do. It's the message of the hour. He's still preaching the same things the prophet said, but he's, he's rightly dividing it to you. Here's what you need. That word is a, it, it's a man who runs an estate, and he's given out to the servants, each one, what they had need of. Yeah. Apportioning a certain portion to different parts of the estate. Sure. Hallelujah. Oh, my. So if, if somebody comes and, and preaches, Brother Allen comes up here and preaches, and I'm sitting back here, what am I doing? I'm saying, feed me, brother. Yeah. 
I know there's a portion for me today. I know there's something, God, that you wanted me to know. And I want you to feed me, Brother Stewart or Brother Joel, whoever it is. The Lord, would you feed me? And so when, when he does, if he studied and showed himself approved, there's something in that for me. And we should come to church believing that. That's God's method. Not my method. That's God's method. It's how he chose to bring us the message of the hour. Is by preaching. Could have just wrote it in the rocks. Right? But a prophet came and preached. I watch. And I'm so glad we have those things he preached, aren't you? Amen. Now look. He says, I can't see with my glasses on. Can't stand to have them on. I can't see with them off. Can't stand to have them on. <laughs> I was going to come to it after a while. He said, but shun profane again and vain babblings. There must have been a lot of babbling going on in that first century church because Paul just constantly reminds Timothy, don't babble, don't, don't use genealogies, don't, don't strive about words to no profit. He's constantly telling him that. In one place in the scripture he calls it vain janglings, uh, empty words, right? Don't, don't do that. Don't, don't just, it's not how many words you speak, it's what you say. For some of us, it takes more words because we're not as eloquent, but it's how many you say. Or it's not how many you say, it's what you, what you say, right? It's what you say. If I didn't have to correct myself, I could preach. Now, he said, but shun those things, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. 2 Timothy 3, 14, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned yes. and hast been assured of. Yes. I may not be sure of something that I heard on Facebook or saw on Facebook. I may not be sure of a, of a sermon that some minister put on the internet, but I'm sure of one thing. God sent a prophet in our day, and I know this Bible is true. So I can pick up this Bible and take a text, and I can take the words of a prophet, and I can preach it to you, and I can be sure that something's going to benefit the people. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Continue in those things which thou hast learned, that's been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. So, Timothy, you learned it from me. But he said it, goes, it went beyond me. He said, from a child. Oh, I love this. Thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. I think it's very important that we teach our children the Scripture to give them a foundation so that they can come to the message of the hour. Because all of them have to make the journey that we did. They're not just automatically going to believe this is right. Right? So we teach them the scriptures because the scriptures are able to make you wise when you hear the light on the scripture. See, if you only hear the, uh, Brother Random's words on the scripture and you don't hear the scripture, then you get out of balance. Right? But when you have a, a basis of scripture and then the light comes on it, you know exactly what he's talking about. Are you with me now? Uh, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not going outside of what Brother Random taught us to say that, but I, I could bring you quotes on all of that, but we wouldn't have time tonight. We'll get into it later. Now look, 2 Timothy 3.15, from a child thou hast known uh, the holy scriptures and able to make, unto thee, make thee wise unto salvation. Verse 16, all scripture, someone say all. all, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And, and that word is expiration, it's God breathed and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction. The scripture is profitable for doctrine. Notice he said, continue in the scripture and in the doctrine. The scripture is profitable for doctrine. What is the doctrine? The message of the hour. Yeah. Not a book of creeds, but it comes from the message of the hour. Outside of that, we don't have a doctrine. Yeah. That's true. That's right. right? Now look. 
reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. 2 Timothy 3.17, that the man of God may be perfect, that's mature, thank God, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Glad we don't have to be perfect, don't you, Brother Joel? <laughs> oh, I want to be perfect, but I'll never fit that in the flesh, but that means mature. 2 Timothy 4 and 1, I charge thee. Again, he's using strong language. Therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. Preach it. He didn't say read it. Preach it. Right? But part of that, again, he said, use my notes. Use what I've said. Use what I've taught you. But preach it. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and, again, doctrine. Where does he get his doctrine from? From the message of the hour. For the time will come when they will not endure the message of the hour. Sound doctrine. But after their own desires shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. They'll go out after anything. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. This is why I use quotes of a prophet. It's why I use a lot of scripture. I want to keep the form of sound words. I want, to, I want to keep that charge that he gave to Timothy. I want to be able to do that. And if you want to accuse me of being too close to Brother Banner's teachings, I'll take that. Yeah. I'll accept that. But there is people that teach another doctrine. In Galatians 1.6, he said, I marvel that you are soon, so soon removed from that from him that called you into the grace of Christ into another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we, he said, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that you have received, let him be accursed. Notice what Brother Branham says. I'm going to move through the rest of this quickly. He said, now listen to every word. Catch it. And if you're taking on tapes or anything, you stay right with that tape teaching. Don't say nothing but what that tape says. Now watch. Now that's a challenge. Yeah, right. <laughs> Just say exactly what the tape says now because some of those things we're going to understand a whole lot about this now, why it's misunderstood. Yeah. Now look, and you be sure, just say what the tape says. Don't say nothing else. He said, see, because I don't say that on my own. It's him that says it, you see. And so many times confusion people raise up and say well so and so said it meant so and so just leave it the way it is now uh, and i'll read the the next quote as well and then we'll deal with this just a minute and he said see that's the way we want the bible just the way the bible says it that's the way we want it just like that don't put our own interpretation to it it's already interpreted you see now watch it's the message of the hour and the light of the message of the hour now watch who was it brother branham is constantly having to go to though and it may get sticky for a minute you may want to hold your amens for a minute not too long, though. Who are the people that, that Brother Branham had to yell at the most about not saying what he said? Look at questions and answers. Go through questions and answers. Go through the revelation. It's the people that claim to be the closest to him and love him the most. His friends. People that hung out with him all the time. And the reason is because they'd become idolaters. And he says, don't say something I didn't say. Don't go around telling stories that you heard, right? Paul says, the things you heard of me among many witnesses, things I publicly preach. I know that kind of hurts, but that's, it's the truth. It caused the most problems. It's the people that were actually the closest or thought they were the closest 
to Brother Branham. Not all of them, but many of them. And look, Brother Branham says, don't, don't do that. And you can find that. They, they, they tried to move everybody to, to Arizona. And Brother Branham was just flabbergasted by it. He, said, he finally just told him, he said, look, I'll tell you where to go. I'll tell you a safe place in Christ. They tried to get him to say he was God in, in, in a hundred different ways. And, and he rebuked them and, and, and threatened to quit the ministry. And, and it never did stop. Yeah. Why? Because they, they said things that he didn't say. Right. Idolaters have per perverted the words of Brother Branham. When he said, stay with that tape teaching. Until when you say it, it's like, well, stay with that tape teaching. That means you've got to believe in return ministry. He didn't say it. Stay with that tape teaching means you have to only play tapes in the church. Brother Branham never said that. Right. It's nowhere in the message yeah. right. that, you, that you only play tapes in church. Yeah. Right? right? And, and by saying that, you say something you didn't say. Idolaters have said that every word Brother Branham spoke was thus saith the Lord. Brother Branham said it wasn't. Right. Stay with the tape teaching. Right. They said every word Brother Branham said is thus saith the Lord. Brother Branham said it wasn't. They said that uh, he, Brother Branham was coming back. Brother Branham said, "If I uh, this time while I'm living is the only time I have to preach. I'm paraphrasing there, but you've all heard the quote. You can go look it up. Look, you see what I'm saying? I'm not trying to be too harsh tonight. Now, I know I'm not being harsh on you because you're all real believers of this message. But look, you don't just listen to everything everybody says. You don't just believe it because I said it. But what did a prophet have to say about it? What does the word say about it? Does it fit with the scripture? When you pull up the veil, does it fit with the rest of the sculpture? This message does. These doctrines don't. Look, in, in Paul, or Moses rather, in Deuteronomy 4.1, he commanded the people in Deuteronomy 4.2 actually, he said, you shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall you diminish. Diminish aught from it. That you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you. But the Brown said this was Moses speaking to Israel after he had been vindicated by God by a pillar of fire and knew that he was proven to be God's servant to lead them out. And before they went into the land, before they entered, Moses said, Now the words that I have spoken to you, I call heaven and earth to witness against you. If you add one thing to it or take one word from it, you will not stay in the land where the Lord God gives you. Don't you realize what it does? By taking out something that is in the Bible and in the message. What you do is you refuse to go into the land. It will keep you from going into the land of blessing. That's right. Well, we don't need preachers anymore. Well, you, it'll keep you from the land of blessing. That's according to the scripture. Right? According to the message of the hour. Well, we don't. And you could take that to anything. I'm using that as an example, but you could take that to anything. Well, we, we, you know, we don't have to. Well, the Branham taught a woman shouldn't cut her hair, and the scripture teaches it, but we believe there's something different. We got a prophecy. So, somebody prophesied it should be different. Well... We have to stay with that tape teaching, yeah. right? If you want to put it that way, say what's on the tapes. Say what's in the scriptures. Don't say something different, right? It's what he's saying. Now, look. Boy, I hope I say just what he said tonight. <laughs> After preaching this, I have to be careful, right, Brother JT? I hope you have confidence in me that if I make a mistake, I'll come correct it, right? Hey, Amen. Now, look. Look. Because we're all human. Brother Branham was human. Right? Now, Brother Branham said, he said, so say I in the name of Jesus Christ. Don't you add one thing? Don't take, put your own ideas in it. Just say what it said on those tapes. You just do exactly what the Lord God has commanded to do. Don't add to it. 
right? Again, he says, listen, may I say this right quick now? Even the visions that God gives here at the place, it's so misunderstood. He said, that's the reason you hear me on the tape say, say what the tapes say. Watch how he follows that up. Say what the visions say. He said, now, if you're wide awake, you'll see something. And Brother Branham talked about that brown bear vision, how God fulfilled his part. Right? And even today, they still expect Brother Branham to come and shoot a, ground, a brown bear. Why? Because they're not saying what the vision said and not saying what the tape said. He said, that's the reason you hear me say that. He said, now, if you're wide awake, you'll see something. I hope I don't have to hold it in my hand and show you. He said, it's here. We're at the end. Smart educationals miss it. The simple visions, when they are revealed in such simplicity, till it just covers over the top of people's heads. Look, there will be people to tell you because I preach. And, and it just, you just bear with me tonight. But there will be people to tell you that I don't value this message because I preach and I don't pray, play Brother Branham's tapes in the service. I preach because that's what he said. How can I do anything else? Brother Branham said, let the man st- stand up, the pastor stand up and take his text and preach. That's what I have to do. I'm, I'm following the words of a prophet. I'm, I don't believe I'm going to go to hell for that. Right? I, I believe that's going to take me into the promised land. I'm, it may be an imperfect system, but that's what God said do. Oh, my. Can you apply that now to every area? Can you apply that and say, well, I don't understand. I don't understand why he said a certain thing and why we're taught to do certain things, maybe in your family, in your home, things like that. I don't understand all of it, but I know he said it. Right? And sometimes we think he said something. If we would search it all out and rightly divide it, we'd find out maybe that wasn't what he was saying. Right? And we get, we get legalistic about it. But just say what he said. Don't add to it. Don't pile burdens on people. Stay with what he said. And it'll take you into a land full of blessing, a land full of promise. Oh, aren't you glad? This message is not a drudgery. It's not a legalistic thing. It's a land full of promises of God. It's a land where there's healing. It's a land where there's salvation. It's a land where there's a body change coming. Do you want that body change? That's in the land. Right? That's in the land. Then what do we do? Stay with the tape teaching. I'll tell you what. I, this is, I'm doing what I know to do. This is all I know to do. And if he ever tells me anything different, I'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm, no one's ever brought me a quote and said he said anything different. They said somebody else said. Yeah. Sure. Huh? Or somebody else did it, and you respect them because they did it that way. But just because they did it that way don't mean it has to be done that way. Right. Right. We've talked about the elders and the message, and I'm, I'm, again, proud of our older generation. But just because they did something one way doesn't mean we have to do it. Stay with the tapes. Stay with the prophet. Stay with the message. Stay with the word. I preach because I stay with the tapes, not because I don't believe in them. Are you with me tonight? Listen, this message is life. I didn't know anything until one day God gave me a revelation of this message. I was raised hearing that Brother Branham was a prophet, but I didn't know nothing until God gave me a revelation of this message. I was born again under a spirit of revelation. And God gave me a revelation. I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. All of a sudden, the Bible became a new book. And the message opened up to me. And I began to see things that conflicted with what I was being taught. But what was it? It was the message of the hour. It was Christ, and I had to grab hold of it. I left home at the age of 16 to grab hold of the Word of God, to hold fast to it. 
Are you with me now? I did. I was willing to do that. And I would say there's some people, I, I'm not an advocate of changing churches and switching around doing, but some people need to. If you need to, to grab a hold of the word of God, do what you have to do to grab a hold of the word of God. Because you're not grabbing hold of a man or a ministry or a music style or a worship style or, or some a place that's got a good place for your children. But grab a hold of the word of God and stay with that word. Hey man, it's not a man, it's God. I want you to hear this tonight. Look beyond me, look beyond any, any flesh body, look beyond even a, a, a prophet that stood there in the pulpit, a man that stood there. Look beyond that and see what the message is. Brother Brandon said, I want you to know this is sure. And you that listen to this tape, you might have thought today, I was trying to say that about myself, being that I was packing this message. He said, I have no more to do with it than nothing, no more than just a voice. And my voice, he said, even against my better judgment. Listen, he's saying, I wouldn't have even preached it. He said, I wanted to be a trapper, but it's the will of my father that I declare to do and determined to do. I wasn't the one that appeared down on the river. I was only standing there when he appeared. I'm not the one that performs these things and foretells these things that happen as perfect as they are. I'm only one that's near when he does it. I was only a voice that he used to say it. It wasn't what I knew. It's what I just surrendered myself to that he spoke through. It isn't me. It wasn't the seventh angel. Oh, no. It was the manifestation of the Son of Man. It wasn't the angel, his message. It was the mystery that God unfolded. Oh, my, watch how a prophet brings it right down. And he says, you're not feeding on me. Hey, man, as Brother Andrew said so eloquently Sunday morning, not feeding on just stories, but you're feeding on the body word of the Son of Man. You're not feeding on a man, he said. He said, it's not a man, it's God. The angel is not the Son of Man. He was the messenger from the Son of Man. The Son of Man is Christ. He is the one that you're feeding on. You're not feeding on a man. Can you say amen to that tonight as we close? You're not feeding on a man. Musicians, go ahead and come. He said, his words will fail, but you're feeding on the unfailing body word of the Son of Man. Amen. Eagles gathered around the carcass, and it's still the same carcass it was when I was a boy. It's still the same carcass when we gathered together in those meetings all those years ago, and it's the same carcass today. And it'll be the same one tomorrow until the rapture. If I live and die and die here at the church with my boots on, it'll still be the same carcass that we're gathered around the same message. And we'll still have preachers if I have anything to do with it. And I know some of you as well. We'll still have preachers because that's what God said do. We don't get to change that. We'll still have musicians. We'll still have a church order of some sort. You understand we're not going to be legalistic. And there's things that, brother, every church is sovereign in itself. People do things differently. But we're still going to have, you're still going to recognize it. This isn't a Baptist church. This isn't a Pentecostal church. This is a message church. Because the light came down in our day and told us, this is what to do. This is what the Word says. And it's shown on the Word of the hour. And the Bible become a new book. And we act on that. And when we do, we go right in and are able to obtain the promises. Is that what you want to do tonight? Hey, man, let's stand together. Hallelujah. You're not feeding on a man. You're feeding on the body word of the Son of Man. The unfailing body word of the Son of Man. Would you bow your heads with me for just a moment? Maybe that's a little harsh coming from me, but that's many times why God uses men. It's hard to face somebody that's looking at you and knows you. And I don't ever intentionally preach. As far as I know, God help me. I don't preach at people. I don't ever intend to do that. But maybe there's a reason why God would put a certain thing on my heart. Maybe it'd be for you. 
maybe be for me tonight. I, I want to receive it, not as the word of man, but the word of God. I, I stumbled over my words tonight. It didn't say everything correctly. But I, I still remember the words that I heard from preachers when I was these kids' age. And I heard a sermon on Watchmen, What of the Night. I'll never forget that. Standing in Galena, Missouri, I'll never forget hearing that sermon and being touched by the, the, the fierceness that was preached in and later finding out it was just a sermon that Brother Branham preached. And the preacher said it again. And it touched a young heart. <laughs> There's just something about this message. There's something about it that just changes us. It just wakes us up. I pray that we would continue to preach it, continue to live it. Maybe there's been something in your life that you can say, well, I, maybe I haven't stayed as true to what I know. That's the message of the hour. It's the revealed truth to you. What God said, that's the absolute, is what God said. What did God say? Whatever He said is the absolute. God said some as thus saith the Lord. That's the absolute. What did God say? If I'm not staying true to what God said, not what men have added to it, then Lord, I repent tonight. And I ask you to come and help me to stay true, to hold fast the form of sound words. Let's pray that way. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, you, we've had words committed to our care just like Timothy did. Lord, and, and Apostle Paul warned him over and over, don't, don't get into vain babblings. Don't Strive about words to no profit. Preach the whole message. Preach the word. How can we ignore a command like that? How, how could we ever ignore that, Lord? I pray that we wouldn't. I pray, Lord, that we would be stirred by the word of the hour. Lord, stirred to better our homes. Because we know we won't find how to heal our homes from, from some psychologist somewhere. But by the word of the hour, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, Lord, our homes can be healed. Under the word of the hour, by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, there's still healing for the body. There's, the Holy Ghost can still fall on those who hear the word. We thank you for that tonight. We thank you that your presence still accompanies the word. That pillar of fire didn't leave the earth, but it's separated in every believer here today. We're so thankful, Lord God, for that. I pray you'd move, Lord, over these people. Grant every request, Lord. Move us closer to you. Lord, I know the people are busy. Many of them have jobs, sometimes multiple jobs they have to do. I, I see the young ladies, Lord, the young mothers, how they struggle in church, keep their kids and try to make them behave. And, and, and then they're always chasing one or, or doing something, and they don't seem to catch much of it. But help them to realize, Lord, what a valuable thing it is to bring their children to church according to the message of the hour. Come every time the doors are open. Because that's what you taught us to do, Lord. Not to sit back and, and, and wait, Lord, and, and do. And I know some, Lord, had to stay home tonight, but they're participating in the service as well. And you've given us, Lord, by the miracle of technology, the ability to do that. But may we not rest on that, but do our very best, Lord, to be in the house of God every time the doors are open. Because we know that's, what you, that, that's where the blessings are, is in obedience to the Word. I pray you'd grant it, Lord. We thank you for what you've done for us this weekend. Thank you for Brother Andrew coming, Lord, and delivering his heart and preaching to us. Oh, God, how we needed that word. Lord, we needed to feel that spirit. Lord, we were free. I pray we would be free every service, Lord. Lord, that the freedom of the Holy Ghost would be among us in every service. and every Lord, that you could do whatever you wanted to do. And when you were done, we could go home and say, Surely 
we were with the Lord tonight. He was with us. I pray you'd grant it, Lord. Lord, I pray we would worship you according to your word. Lord, your prophet told us, one of the things he told us is that the end of the service was worship time. Oh, God, they don't do it that way much anywhere else. But, Lord, for us, we want to worship, Lord. And we've heard the word maybe ineloquently brought. But, Lord, we heard it. Lord, and now we read it. And now, Lord, we can worship according to it. And thank you for what you've done for us. We thank you for this word. Thank you for all that you've done. In Jesus' name. Oh, can't you see? Oh, I love this old song. Why I'm so happy. Hallelujah. Are you happy tonight to have accepted? I've accepted. Hallelujah. The word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, the time with all your heart as brother Joel comes oh can't you see why I can go into the promises I listened I obeyed amen amen thank you Lord thank you Jesus oh yes I've accepted the word of the spoken by the prophet of Malachi 4. One more time, would you sing with all your hearts now? Oh, and can't you see why I'm so happy? Are you happy tonight, church? Amen. Oh, because I've accepted the word of the Lord, oh, the revealed word that was spoken by the prophet of Malachi 4. Amen. Would you give the Lord a hand of praise tonight? Amen. Can we sing that song, Why Didn't We Recognize Pivots and Seed? glad you recognized the message for your day. Amen. I, I tell you what, we're a blessed people. We're blessed people to know what we know. Amen. Stay with it. Believe it. Amen. Why didn't we recognize the Son of God was here today? Oh, and didn't our hearts burn as He talked to Before the Lord had come and gone. Sing it out now. Oh, why didn't we recognize the Son of God was here today? Oh, and didn't our hearts burn as 
him before the Lord had come. And can we sing it one more time? Sing it out to him if you know it now. Oh, why didn't we recognize the Son of God was here today? Oh, and didn't our hearts burn as he talked along the way? Shouldn't we have known him? Oh, shouldn't we have known him? Oh, wish that we had known him before the Lord had come and gone. Amen. Give the Lord another hand of praise. Amen. Aren't you thankful to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Amen. We can go away saying it's been good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. We're just before we go now, we'll sing that Days of Elijah as we go. Can we do that one? Amen. You'll be free to go sing this through one time, and you'll be free to go after that. Oh, these are the days of Elijah declaring the word of the Lord and these are the days of your servant Moses righteousness being restored oh and though these are days of great trials of famine and darkness and sore still we are the voice in the desert crying prepare ye the way of the lord behold he comes riding on the clouds shining like the sun at the trumpet call so lift your voice it's the year of jubilee and out of zion's hill salvation comes and these are the days of Ezekiel. Oh, the dry bones becoming as flesh. And these are the days of serpent David rebuilding the temple of praise. Oh, and these are the days of the harvest. Oh, the fields, they are white the world. Oh, but we are your laborers in your vineyard, declaring the word of the Lord. Oh, behold, he comes. He's riding on the clouds, shining like sun. At the trumpet's call, so lift your voice. It's year of jubilee, and out of Zion's hill, salvation comes. There's no God like you. There's no God like Jehovah. 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 Behold, He comes. Always riding on the clouds, shining like the sun. At the trumpet call, so lift your voice. Oh, it's a year of jubilee, and out of Zion's hill. Sing that chorus again now. Behold, he comes. Oh, behold, he comes. You're free to go in the name of the Lord. At the trumpet's call, so lift your voice. It's a year of jubilee, and out of Zion's hill, salvation comes.
Well, ain't God good to give us so many blessings undeserved? 